In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that will draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. Visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. And don't go gently, y'all. Tammy, it's good to see you again. Yes, you too. It's been uh, a few years since we recorded uh, the episode uh, about Tom. So it's exciting to uh, catch up with you again and hear your story. There's going to be a lot of folks listening to this episode that probably did not hear our episode on the Hunter Conservationist podcast. So folks, uh, you'll be able to follow up after this one for a more lengthy conversation uh, with Tammy, Tammy Leonard, on the Hunter Conservationist podcast. I'm just trying to remember. uh, It was around episode 43, I think, somewhere in there. So Yeah, I was going to say 45, so we're pretty close. Okay, yeah, somewhere, (laughs) somewhere around there. So why don't you... Give us the highlights of Tom's story again for folks' benefit here that are hearing this for the first time. Okay, I'll give um, like a quick summary. Yeah, I think so. Uh, right, right back from two thousand and five, and then kind of kind of walk through some of the the highlights, and obviously let folks know what we're talking about. Okay, that sounds good. Um, back in 2005, my husband, Tom Leonard, was awarded a limited sheep entry hunt into the Spetsuzy Wilderness Plateau Park. And that was a dream hunt for him. Uh, it was well thought out, well planned. Uh, he knew exactly what he was going to do. Uh, he left our house in September. Um, it was a day drive and was on the mountain on September 11th in 2005. His hunt in total would be about 20 days, but he packed 10 days worth of food with him. And then he was going to do a circle of some sort uh, in and back out. And if all was going well, he would take another 10 days worth of food and continue. If he was successful, he would come home. And he had his quad with him just in case for a backup hunt somewhere else. 
back then in 2005, there was no communication devices. So I was not to hear from him for the full 20 days until he came back home. And that is what happened on October 2nd when he was due back, he did not show. Uh, immediately I contacted the RCMP and explained where his truck would be at the Eagle Nest Trailhead. And the very next morning they went and sure enough, his truck was there. So they let me know that his truck was there and I asked them if they could please look and see if there was 10 days worth of food in the pickup. So they went back the next day and there was. So at that point we knew we had a missing hunter on our hands. Uh, so they called um, Smithers Search and Rescue and after that day and it, Smithers did about a four day search before the weather, it was just too dangerous and the weather hampered the search. Um, so 2006, the family went in with quite a few people, about 30 people and did a search on our own. Uh, the RCMP in 2006 did a aerial search as well. And all of those searches, nothing. Uh, 2007 and 2008, family also did searches every year. At that point, I knew that it was going to be a hunter that was pretty much mimicking Tom's hunt that would find stuff for us because we were being unsuccessful. And that was exactly what happened in 2013. A hunter did stumble upon a abandoned camp at that time he did not know about Tom's story. Uh, he did find it strange that the camp was abandoned and the tent was collapsed and he, you know, he looked at it and could describe what he saw. Uh, he didn't hear my plea on social media until around 2019. And then he related the camp that he saw to it possibly being Tom's. Unfortunately, it was too late in the year for um a search to go in so in 2020 the rcmp were going to arrange something but unfortunately it was COVID and the helicopter wasn't available so in 2021 we attempted again but again the helicopter wasn't available and so the rcmp asked bc parks if they could do a walkabout but unfortunately they too were having staffing shortages so it didn't happen and it was just year after year after year struggling to get in to investigate this camp that my daughter uh, decided she would do a YouTube video of her father's case. And she posted that in August of 2021. And luckily for us, um, it caught uh, the eye of a member from Terror Search and Rescue. So they approached us and talked to us and decided that they would go in on our behalf looking for this tent. And they did. Um, unfortunately, again, nothing was found. So in 2022, Terry Search and Rescue went back three times in that year. And again, nothing was found. And that brings mm. us to now. Right, right. Yeah, so just a little context for folks so this is northern british columbia the 
area that Tom drew his permit for, the stone sheep, is the Spatsizi Plateau Wilderness Area. Uh, and it is an absolutely massive tract of wilderness area in the rugged mountains of northern BC. So there's some remote lakes that are either f- you fly in by float float plane or people will trail horses in from long distances. No roads. Um, you know, it's, it's a massive area, giant valleys, um, you know, thick forest, you know, in the valley bottoms and moose willow areas. And, you know, and then of course the, the, the mountain peaks and stuff where the, where the sheep, sheep live on it. So it, it is, it is, it's, it's a massive area and it wasn't until that hunter found the collapsed tent that you all, literally kind of had like a circle drawn on the map of this vast area to say potentially somewhere here because before it could have been like where could he have got to in 20 days sort of thing which would have been a much you know larger search area so it's uh yeah just just to give people that sort of a context uh it it is man just just a massive massive piece piece of area and People can probably appreciate if you've been on these types of hunts that, um, you know, when you set up a, a base camp, you know, you pack in, you set up a base camp and stuff like a lot of times we'll tuck our little tents and stuff into a little thicket of forest somewhere or, you know, some little, little, little spot or whatever where it's protected from, from the elements, uh, windstorm, snow, that, that sort of thing. So now if you think about Tom having done that it's you know he's probably did a good job at hiding you know hiding that and obviously like wouldn't have been you know as easy to see from the air or or for somebody to actually you know walk into a little area that's like the size of the room that you're in listening to the show or whatever so um very very challenging place I think to look for for a missing person yeah, that is exactly what the the hunter that found the tent had said. He described the tent location as being outside of the base of the swamp line. And just as you're getting into the immature trees, the tent was tucked up under a pine tree. And if you didn't know it was there, you would walk right by it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. The last couple of years, there was some more, some hunters were in the area and found items that was just this year um which is fantastic the the story since Miranda has my daughter had done the video and from yourself and the while she's decided to do a podcast and stuff it's helped tremendously and so um hunters that were going in did reach out to me and three different hunters this year one the very first one that right when sheep season opened up i opened up my email and the first thing i see is a backpack it's a camouflage backpack it's old it's tore apart it's in my heart and my stomach (laughs) um once i got everything beating again and and stared at it it i was just am i looking at tom's pack this is this is crazy but the more i looked at it it had wheels on it uh, I've never seen a pack like that before. 
And so it, I ruled it out as being Tom's pack. It had looked like it had also come, or the hunter had told me it looked like it had come down from a rock slide or a landslide uh, a few years prior to, and it looked pretty chewed up from a grizzly or something. Okay. Okay. Hmm. And then there was two more items. Um, two other hunters had located. One was a baseball cap, and it had the logo of the, uh, the duck on it. Uh, so Tom didn't have a camel hat like that. And okay. another was a shirt, but it was in an area that I don't think he would have been there. And it uh, that one was a tough one raises your hopes up and then kind of dashes them, um, you know, to find, you know, some, something that, that belong to Tom. But in a way, is there a bit of hope in that as well, that people are, one, finding things that are of various ages, they've been through winters, they've been through animals and hunters who have awareness, you know, to keep their eyes open for that stuff are actually finding taking note of that and knowing you know to to reach out to you there there's got to be a little bit of you know kind of oh there's so much hope, gratitude hope around that and yeah so much hope yes okay yes. okay did i remember this right like you did you say that tom had photographed his stuff before he went on the trip or was that something that you provided as a piece of advice? <laughs> <laughs> it is a piece of advice, yes. Okay, because in the in the in the longer podcast, folks, we we sort of closed it off with sort of um, lessons learned from Tammy and family and and different things about how how we could all as hunters sort of like up our game in in you know helping people find us should something like this ever happen and now i remember your advice was to photograph what you take in photograph your backpack photograph all your contents photograph yeah. your boil in your foil meat um food bags or whatever because I, I recall you saying that could be the thing that somebody finds is is the piece of a of a foil um, dinner bag yeah. and to be able to go back to a record and say, yes, that's what he's packing. Yes. Yes. And, and I just thought that was, that was such a, a brilliant piece, piece of advice. And I think it's important to, to share, to share that one again. So. Yeah. With Tom, he had, um, a list and I had, I had that list. So I know what he's packing, okay. but I didn't have pictures per se, which I wish I had. Right. Yeah. But general things like color of the tent and color of the backpack and, you know, stuff like that. But yeah, down to the fine, the fine details of, of something that could be the clue, right? Yeah. You know, that's, um, that, that's, uh, yeah, I, I remember that now. That was, uh, that was a, a pretty good piece of advice. Be curious to know if anybody, uh, that listened to those podcasts have actually done that, have taken the photographic record and, and uh, left, left it on their computer at home before they go on a trip. One of the things that we talked about on the, on the episode a couple years ago and some of our communication back and forth on email is you've played 
the strong person for 18 years now um, for your family, for your girls. Uh, every year brings new hope. Every fall has kind of like closed out when the weather settles in with a, you know, another, another season gone by. So let me really, really ask you, like, how are you doing, you know, with this each year? Grief is something that you always carry with you and never goes away. However, a missing person case, it's always unfolding. So the emotions are brought up continuously. And they're as raw as they were 18 years ago. Like that, looking at that backpack, <laughs> for example, this year, it it's good. Don't get me wrong. I, I want those emails. It's, it's good. But when I reported Tom as an overdue hunter, two things happened to our family that particular day. And one being, I created this steel armor all around me and it protects me and it makes me my strongest, strongest version of my, my true self. And that strong version, I'm able to talk about Tom's disappearance. I'm able to answer the questions and, and do quite well with it. And I want people to know that, that I am stronger than you think I am. And I, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm, I'm doing it because with a, with us, it's not about moving on. It's about coping. And it's about hoping for answers. So I need this steel suit to do that. And then the other thing that happened to our family was the girls and I became like the three musketeers that, that day. And um, we stand strong. And we're hand in hand. And we're going to get through this together and they're older now and help me tremendously and uh, to represent that strength that three musketeers thing we actually all three of us got tattoos on our ankles and it's of the swords and it's the three swords crossing and the swords crossing means strength love and togetherness and with each other's support, we'll walk through this journey together and we'll find our answers. No, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. No, I appreciate, appreciate the, you sharing that with us. And yeah, I, I can appreciate it. I, I can't say I understand, but, but I get what you're saying. Like a missing person, you know, situation is different because it's, it's it's like you said it's always ongoing it could be could be something in your email every day and you know maybe a few things each each fall comes up um yeah i i, I guess that would just be a very different different way to um to be living you know with this and i you know i think coping is i guess the the word that it's came word. to your mouth yeah it's the word it's yeah. coping does the fall, when the fall rolls around, um, you're in a small community, um, you know, it's, it's not hard in a small community, even if you don't hunt, um, to kind of know that hunting season's coming because you see, you know, people with putting their campers on their trucks or, you know, some 
folks dressed in camo at the gas station or, or those sorts of things. And I think you just having, you know, grown up with uh, the kids growing up with it, you being married to Tom, he was a hunter, you know, well, well before this, you kind of know fall is in the air and it's hunting season. Is that tough for you? Yes, it's, you're correct. It, it is tough. Um, but it also brings a smile to my face. It's an, a memory. Okay. Uh, and, but deep down, whenever fall hits, it's, I'm wore out, I'm tired. It, it does wear on you and I may not know that it does, but when I'm paying attention to my body, I can tell that it, it is wearing on me. And I notice that the girls are the same, but when we see a hunter and that it, it, that it's not always tears, it, it brings back good memories. Okay. Because Tom loved Oh, he loved it. <laughs> loved hunting and, loved and okay. No, that's, that is, yeah, that's, that's beautiful to, you know, to still be able to look at that, you know, have some positive memories and honor, I guess, that it's something that, that he loved as well, rather than just, I guess, you know, the reason I ask that is just sort of like, is that a painful time of the year? Like you just wish there wasn't a hunting season you wished you didn't see people in camo at the gas station those sorts of things it just kind of for us we know. actually wished for hunting season because that is when people will go to that season right and there is hikers maybe throughout the year but hunting season is it's something we we do look forward to okay and and up there uh it's that starts in august Correct. um so that that'll that'll kind of get going mid Mid, is it mid-August or yeah I think it's around the middle of August um that you, you know I guess at any point you could be could be hearing something from from August on so how has the hunting community been in general uh for you and your family you know there would have been Tom's friends you know that would be part of the hunting community the the, the town and stuff but how how has the hunting community been treated you and your family through through this whole thing um amazing so at at the beginning uh just me reaching out on social media the way it was i had coverage and um lots of hunters rallied around me there was a a bc hunting forum online and they i don't know who they are Uh, a lot of people go in there and chat and they since 2010 have put um my post is like my missing hunter post to remind people is sticky at the top of that page and it has been since 2010 and uh, from there people will private message me um they'll just kind of randomly share it as well and get people talking about it again and surprisingly even to this day there will be people on that site that it's been sticky at the top that is oh wow this is new to me so that has happened um, way back and is continuing. And uh, the first two years, 2006 and seven, I sent uh, letters and so they could be attached to any limited entry or uh, people who were awarded limited entry. My letter was attached to that when they received their acknowledgement. And I was so surprised at how many people responded to me to say that they did receive it, which was nice. and. 
uh, they would even respond to let me know that they didn't go for the hunt or if they did go to the, for the hunt, they would respond. So that is amazing. Um, then Miranda's video came out and the likes of you, <laughs> uh, I, you, you saw that and you reached out, you're probably one of the first that reached out and offered to do a podcast and I'm forever grateful and thanks for this one too. And then, um, the Welsh Sheep Society got a hold of it and they have quite a large following. Um, their members have been amazing with donations and uh, things to help Terra Search and Rescue search, uh, as well as check one of the members donating a rifle. Uh, that probably made up most of the funds for the 2022 search. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that was awesome. Yes. And uh, so, yeah, it's, it, it's been a, it's, been amazing. I, the, the people that reach out to me that are hunters, I don't actually know where they're, where they're hearing it. Um, but ever since he's went missing, uh, every year, I, I hear from somebody or more, oh. multiple people. And they're all hunters, all hunters. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good to hear hunters, and the hunting community gets a lot of bad publicity, you know, nowadays for, for various things. But, you know, I think when it comes right down to something that's so important, so important to your family, um, I think people put themselves, you know, where you and, and the girls are and, and want to reach out, want to help, want to, like the Sheep Society, raise some funds, um, and even the search and rescue um, folks that have gone up there, uh, you know, and, and done that work on the ground. I think everybody, I imagine, doesn't think twice about it because if they were in the same, you know, the same the same situation as, as your family, that, uh, you know, they would hope that, you know, people would help and call and do that sort of thing. So that's... Yeah, Terrace that's good is, to hear your thoughts on that. That yeah, Terrace has been great, and along with uh, some of the members, not all of them are hunters. There are some hunters, and I think it, the gentleman that discovered it, I brought it to Terrace, the one member. He he himself is is a hunter. So you still have the website, which has got Tom's story up on it. Uh, I was looking at that tonight, missing in Yes. Um, and that is sort of right up to date to this year, just sort of the chronology of events and a few pictures and stuff that, uh, that you went through at the beginning of the show. So if people are interested, you know, there, there are the podcasts, but there's also the family's website, missing in So, check that out, share that around, you know, and keep, keep that, the word spreading. Cause I, I would imagine that's one of the things that you're really hoping for is that somebody shares with somebody that somebody that all of a sudden goes, you know, Oh, well, Hey, hang on a second. I found this or saw that or something. And it seems to be one of those things where it's going to be this serendipitous way of. Yes. I something. think so too. Yeah. One thing that I, I do really would like to get out there is this camp that had been discovered that we can't seem to find if somebody by chance for whatever reason left that camp and it's their camp 
I would love to hear from them. Oh, right. Right? Like, it, it can be just that simple. It could be somebody, you know, that has, has left it and that would help me out if it, if they reach out to me or reach out to me if you've been out there years and years ago, back in 2006 or seven, and you saw something that wasn't right or, and you can remember the area, all that information I collect and I mark down. The picture that's on the website of there's a camp and there's some snow and a pack. And was that the that's camp Tom's. that was? No, that's Tom. Okay, that's, that's from the, like another hunting yeah. expedition somewhere, and, and but that was his gear. Yeah, that's okay. the tent. Okay, and, yes. Okay, but that's not that's not how it was found in in two thousand and six. Okay, because you said the the other hunter had said it was collapsed and stuff because it had been uh, quite a few years, ten almost ten years from from two thousand and five to it was two thousand and thirteen when. Yeah, when he saw it. Yes. Okay. Okay, no that that makes that makes sense the picture now. So, yeah, no that's that's a really good point. If um, if if you go onto the website, you can there's some maps and stuff that show the general uh, area that's being searched and it's being grid searched based on where this report came uh, in 2013 of a collapsed uh, tent and some um, camp materials and stuff. So, like Tammy was saying, if that happened to be you or something and you know years and years ago you were in there hunting and whatever snowstorm hit and you just had to grab a bit of stuff and get the heck out or you were gonna get trapped up there for the winter and you left your gear behind um, kind of like they do on Mount Everest or whatever yeah. then I think that would be super valuable information it for Tammy be. and family because then they might be spending a lot of effort grid searching the wrong valley really is is i guess what your thoughts are right yeah there's no proof that that's tom okay okay any advice asks of people listening next steps do you still have the gofundme account i still have the gofundme um and yeah so all the money that was has been donated has went to ter terror search and rescue for the searches um i still have the gofundme up for any any future searches it's this it's a very difficult area to get to so if for example that backpack was something that was tom's or i ne needed to get in again we have to be helicoptered in and the helicopter costs are so so expensive mm -hmm. and that's why we can't we can't go every year and get tapped out pretty fast so if you search in the GoFundMe program or, or the website yeah, and just search, search by your name, name. Yeah. yeah, okay, okay. No, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll stick that up in the, uh, in the show notes as well. So thanks for coming back on and sharing your story. Hopefully, yeah, it maybe falls on the bright ears uh, for the upcoming season and you never know. And that's why I like to, to do this for you and the family is... The more people that hear about it, the better. Yes, I'm, I'm grateful for all those that continue to not forget about Tom and to carry him with them as we do. And I'm so grateful for those that go out of the way to help us and support our family and help us find the answers we're anxiously waiting. And you're one of those supporters, so thank you. <laughs> no, you're, you're very welcome. And uh, thanks. 
for sharing your story. Um, I know it is a tough one to talk about, but you are compelled to do that and to keep sharing that story because you have a job to do and that's to find Tom and bring him home. So uh, we will continue to follow along every year. Our love to you and mm-hmm. to the girls and hope you have a good Christmas and yeah. remember Tom and honor Tom. And uh, one day we'll have a happy podcast to talk about some good news. Yep. Thanks, Tammy. Thanks, Mark. Join me, Chef Jean-Paul Bourgeois, and the whole crew here at Duck Camp Dinners every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Birds up in the sky.